this morning I'm going to look at a few scriptures. And the last ones we're going to look at are Matthew 5. Just a coincidence. Just a total set up by God. It is so lovely when God gives you a scripture and he gives it to somebody else as confirmation. And that's what's happened this morning. This week I was talking to a dear friend of mine who is suffering from depression. Quite bad, and it comes in waves. It comes just like a storm out of nowhere, and then it subsides, and, and then comes in again in a wave. And it bothers me. It bothers me. So I was asking God, what am I to speak on this week? And he showed me nothing until early yesterday morning. And I was still in bed and I gave up going deer hunting to hear God. <laughs> I figured he knows I'm serious. <laughs> and he spoke to me. I believe he spoke to me. He said, John, there's two questions you've got to ask. Who am I? And who is Jesus? Who am I? And who is Jesus? Who is Jesus to you? And we're just going to look at a little bit of scripture. I felt we weren't to do too much. But just a little bit. Because it's really important that we know who we are. Because if we don't know who we are, we can't stand. And if we don't know who Jesus is, we can't stand. In John 8, verse 12 to 47, it's quite a stretch of scripture, and I'm going to read it if you wish to follow. It's great. New International Version I'm reading. John 8, 12 to 47. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Okay, so we've already got one answer to that question. Who is Jesus? Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness. So if you've ever suffered from anything like depression, and I get depressed, but I won't claim to have suffered depression. But I get depressed like anybody does. It is a dark place. But we have the light of life. <coughs> the Pharisees challenged him. Here you are, appearing as your own witness. Your testimony is not valid. Jesus answered, even if I testify on my own behalf, my testimony is valid. For I know where I came from and where I am going. But you have no idea where I come from or where I am going. You judge by human standards. I pass judgment on no one. But if I do judge, my decisions are right because I'm not alone. I stand with the Father who sent me. In your own law, it is written, 
that the testimony of two men is valid. I am one who testifies for myself. My other witness is the Father who sent me, God. Then they asked him, where is your father? You do not know me or my father, Jesus replied. If you knew me, you would know my father also. He spoke these words while teaching in the temple area, near the place where the offerings were put. Yet no one seized him because his time had not yet come. This Jesus guy was not popular. It is not a sin to be unpopular. Once more, Jesus said to them, I am going away and you will look for me and you will, <clears throat> and you will die in your sin. Where I go, you cannot come. This made the Jews ask, will he kill himself? Is that why he says, where I go, you cannot come? But he continued, you are from below. I am from above. You're of this world. I am not of this world. I told you that you would die in your sins. If you do, <coughs> do not believe that I am the one I claim to be, you will indeed die in your sins. There's a very sobering message in there. And it's for all of us. If you don't believe that I am the one I claim to be, you will indeed die in your sins. So who is Jesus? Who are you? They asked. <clears throat> Just what I've been claiming all along, Jesus replied. I have much to say in judgment of you, but he who sent me is reliable, and what I have heard from him, I tell the world. They did not understand that he was telling them about his father. So Jesus said, when you have lifted up the Son of Man, that's referring to his crucifixion, then you will know that I am the one I claim to be, and that I do nothing on my own but speak just what the Father has taught me. The one who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone, for I always do what pleases him. Even as he spoke, many put their faith in him. To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. There is a huge, powerful message in that verse 32. And I believe it is a message for each of us to carry for ourselves and for each 
other. We're human beings, we're pretty weak and feeble, and we can't stand alone. And this is where having friends, brothers and sisters in Christ make a huge difference when we're struggling. One of the most awful things about inner struggles is that we don't let anybody know. We're ashamed. We feel the way we do. And we try and hide it in some way or other. That is not helpful. The other day, well, a few weeks ago, there was a lady in our church and she had a nasty fall. And I went and sat with her and I put my arm around her and just prayed with her for a minute. And I just held her tight for a little while. And she told me the following week, she said, John, you just held on to me and I could feel the healing power of Jesus coming through my body. When we take a fall, whether it's a physical one or a mental one, a spiritual one, we need holding tight. My friend who I spoke to this last week, who's struggling, I didn't hold him tight. I think we have a responsibility to each other. To hold tight. Sometimes we can't say anything that's going to help. We can't really do anything that's going to help. But we can hold tight. And if God is in that hold, he will do something. The beautiful thing in verse 32, it says, and you will know the truth. And the truth will set you free. As you have an arm wrapped around you in love, you will realize that you're loved. And the fact that you're loved means you're not alone. And if you're not alone, it is going to go a long way to setting you free. Because from the little I know, struggling with inner struggles is that you feel awfully alone. No one understands. No one knows how it feels. <clears throat> Verse 33 they answered, we are Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves of anyone. How can you say that we shall be set free? 
friend I have is absolutely held to slavery by depression sometimes. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed for good. I know you are Abraham's descendants, yet you are ready to kill me because you have no room for my word. I am telling you what I have seen in the Father's presence, and you do what you have heard from your father. Abraham is our father, they answered. If you were Abraham's children, said Jesus, then you would do the things Abraham did. As it is, you are determined to kill me. A man who has told you the truth that I heard from God, Abraham did not do such things. You are doing the things your own father does. We're not illegitimate children, they protested. The only father we have is God himself. Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me. For I came from God, and now I am here. I have not come on my own, but he sent me. So we know that Jesus is the Son of God. He was sent by his Father to us. Why is my language not clear to you? Because you are unable to hear what I say. You belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desire. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth. For there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his, speaks his native language. For he is a liar and the father of lies. Okay, one of the worst things that I've ever had to deal with and still do to some degree is dealing with lies that come into my mind. John, you're a failure. You're no good. You're not good enough. You never will be. Those things were planted in me as a child. I was the youngest of four, and I was a slow learner, apparently, on some academic things. Naughty things I was pretty quick on. But these things that were important to other people were not important to me. And I was deemed a slow learner. My 
The headmistress at my primary school told my mother that it was almost wrong to send John to school. He should be left to run in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> and I agreed with her. <laughs> Just a funny story. I used to look at my teacher and honestly, I would feel ill. I did, and I'd be excused from class because I'd feel ill. And I kept getting sent home from school. Well, I used to have to walk a couple of miles. And in the end, the doctor came, home visit, and he came into our little room, and he said, oh, Johnny, what's wrong? What's wrong with you? Why, why are you always coming home from school ill? And this is honest. I said to him, well, doctor, every time I look at teacher, I feel sick. <laughs> <laughs> but that was the truth. That was absolutely the truth. So teachers that are here, <laughs> when a kid keeps running to the bathroom, <laughs> you might figure out why. <laughs> anyway, where did I get? Sorry. <laughs> It is, it is imperative that when we hear lies in our head, which we do, that we deal with them from a scriptural point of view, because there's no refuting what God says. We know that Satan is the father of lies, because Jesus said so. So if lies are thrown into our head, we know where they're coming from, and we're going to have to deal with them. <clears throat> Yet because I tell you the truth, You do not believe me. Can any of you prove me guilty of sin? For if I am telling the truth, why don't you believe me? He who belongs to God hears what God says. The reason you do not hear is that you do not belong to God. Okay, so we're in that wonderful realm. If we believe in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Saviour, that we can actually, we belong to God. This is who we are. We are the belongings of God. We're the children of God. We're precious to him. And we can hear what he says. Now, an example is what I'm bringing. Friday night, I had not a clue as to what to bring today. I said to Margaret, I'm not going hunting in the morning. I do not know what to bring. I want to hear God. Six, about six o'clock, I'm laying in bed, and the Lord said to me two questions. 
you're going to ask. Who am I and who's Jesus? So we can hear God. Over the years, I've heard God numerous times, and a lot of you have. The reason Margaret and I are here in Canada is because we heard God. There's a lot of things we don't understand. But being a child of God, we don't have to understand. Because we have a really good father that really cares and loves us. I think it's awfully important that when we get a lie come into our mind that somehow we recognize it. Now, I'm not good at this, but when a lie comes in, I think we've almost got to have a strategy. And the strategy I have used is I say to Satan, straight, I say, Satan, I rebuke you in Jesus' name. Get out. And sometimes I have to repeat that two or three times to get to a point of peace. I went to a house one day in England. We had been living in Canada for a while and we went back to England on a visit. There is a gift mentioned in the Bible and it is a gift of tongues. And it says, he who speaks in a tongue speaks to God. Nobody really knows what he's saying sometimes, but he's, it's a communication between your spirit and God. And it's a gift I have used on occasions. And often, if I suddenly find that I'm praying in a tongue, now I think, oh dear, what's coming? Because it's often God's preparation for a situation I'm going to come into. And on this occasion, I was going to see someone who had not seen since we moved to Canada. And I didn't know their situation at all. I thought I'd just pop in. And on the way there, my spirit started to pray. And I thought, oh, that's interesting. And I knocked on the door. And I, a guy come to the door and I said, oh, good to, good to see you. I thought I'd pop in and see you. Oh, he said, hi, John. You're responsible for the breakup of my marriage. Now, it had nothing to do with the breakup of his marriage. But that was a lie. And God had prepared me for that lie. And this is what I said. And I said it, and listened to it, and it was a revelation to me. I said, I do not receive that in Jesus' name. It's a nice day today, isn't it? Just like that. It did not land on me. And the reason it did not land on me is because I hurt the Father. If that had landed on me, that would have bugged me for the rest of my life. 
I think that we have to be really spiritually aware. We live in a day, we've just gone through an election, where there's very to be godly is a sin in this country, it seems. It is so sad. And so we're living in that climate, very similar to the days Jesus was in. So it's really important we know who our Father is and who we are and who Jesus is. Mark 1, verse 11. says and this is when Jesus was baptized and a voice came from heaven you are my son whom I love with you I am well pleased that was God's voice declaring publicly who Jesus is now as Jesus is the Son of God there is a thing goes on with Jesus that is hard to understand he took the punishment for our sin so that we can come into the presence of God and be called the children of God. That makes us siblings, does it? That's quite a thing, eh? I was in a, a little meeting in England before we moved here and it was in the days where I was I guess we're always growing as, as believers, we're always growing, but I was at the growth stage where God was still God and Lord was still Lord. And I've told you this story before, I'm going to tell it again. I was sitting at the front in this little meeting and God spoke to me and he said, call me daddy. I said, okay, Lord. He said, no. Call me. And it was, everybody else had disappeared. As far as I could, there was just me and God in the room. And it was extremely real. I said, uh, yes, Lord. He said, no, call me daddy. I said, okay, God. He said, no, John. You gotta call me daddy. I said, okay, God, no, you got to call me Daddy. I couldn't call him Daddy very easily. In the end, I did. 
You try praying, dear daddy. Don't sound right, does it? That's how he wants us to pray. The Bible says, Abba Father, which is daddy. I still don't always do it. Certainly not publicly. So I still got growth to make. But who am I? I am a precious child of God, of Daddy, created Daddy, sustainer Daddy. How well do we know our Daddy? The problem is with Daddy is we immediately picture our earthly Daddy. He might be weak, he might be strong, he might be loud, he might be quiet, but that's who we think God is when we think Daddy. That is not who God is. And that is the trouble. I had a good daddy. But my daddy would put me over his knee and apply what needed sometimes. Maybe not as much as perhaps he should. <laughs> my daddy loved me very much. But my daddy had human issues. God does not have those human issues. He is a daddy who is free of them. But he understands them. And he is able to deliver us from them. But we've got to be vulnerable to our daddy. The problem with that is he's given us brothers and sisters. And we don't like being vulnerable with them, do we? We had a sad thing happen, a sad and beautiful thing, both, this week. My brother-in-law, who has suffered terribly for a couple of years, passed away. And his wife, Margaret's sister, has been an absolute wonderful person in the way she's cared and looked after him. But her siblings there for her in her time of need. We have to be available as spiritual siblings be available. The problem is oh Ken's got a problem I'm not sure I want to go near it. Right? That's a problem. We have to be available. This is family. This is God's idea of family. Matthew 5. I haven't looked at them too long.
Matthew 5. Alvin said 5-9, and I have written down 5-9. <laughs> Somebody else heard God this morning too, didn't they? Matthew 5-9. See, if I hadn't come, you could have done it, eh? You all prepared, weren't you, Alvin? <laughs> Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. So if we have someone who is suffering from lack of peace, we're not just talking breaking up a fight, that sort of peacemaker. If one of us is suffering from lack of peace, get in there and be a peacemaker. Bring peace. I've always looked at that verse as somebody that breaks up a scrap. But it's more than that. Bring peace. We sometimes don't have to be the big strong guy to enforce peace. When we moved into our house, we prayed through our home, every room, to bring the peace of God into our home. We opened it for bed and breakfast. We had numerous guests would come down in the morning and say, the peace in this place is incredible. I haven't slept like this for ages. The peace of God was in our home. When we were in England, and this story I know I've shared, it's worth sharing again. We had a beautiful little home, three miles from the beach, but you could see the sea from our home. And there was a lady that came, single mum, that used to come to our church. She was not a good circumstances, and we thought it'd be nice if she could stay a few days with us and take a little girl to the beach every day. And she did, she came and stayed a few days, and we drop her off at the beach in the morning, pick her up later in the day, bring her home. And we didn't know this lady very well. But come the Wednesday, I think it was, middle of the week anyway, she said, there's something I've got to tell you guys. She said, I smoke heavily. And since I've been in this house, I haven't, e I haven't needed a cigarette. And I, not even on the beach, but I smoked a cigarette. The peace of God affected her in that way. She was at absolute peace. 
So if we're a peacemaker, we will be called the sons of God. I'm going to skip on to chapter 5, verse 43 to 48, and this will come up to the end then. This is quite important. Hmm? That's what I meant. Sorry, Matthew 5. Yeah. 43 to 48. It's headed, love your enemies. You've heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. This is who we are. He causes his son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. I wish he'd divide it up a bit. <laughs> if you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your brothers, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that? This is the cracker. Be perfect. Therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Now, that deserves a little bit of thought, doesn't it? How is God perfect? And how is it possible for us to be like him in that respect? He hates sin. He is not politically correct. Yet he's perfect. sort of perfection are we talking about? Good set of teeth? No. I'm out on that one. It is to do with our relationship with those around us. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. That's a toughie, isn't it? One of the things that I have seen in the past 
where there has been a lack of peace in somebody's life is where there has been often buried unforgiveness. Sometimes it has not been possible for the person suffering from it to even know. And this is where brothers and sisters in Christ who are filled with the Holy Spirit come in handy. We used to do something in England, in the church we were in, and it was called a spiritual scan. Occasionally, if someone wished, and it was never imposed on anyone, they would ask, I had something bugging me. I just would like prayer. And what we'd do, we'd invite, we'd ask God, who do you want to pray for this individual? And God would give names, Fred, Jean, Gordon, whatever. And they would be invited to come to pray for this person. But they would not be told who they were going to pray for. They would be told, we're praying for someone Wednesday night, 7 o'clock, our house. Get before God and find out and write down what he shows you. I don't know what the issue in this person's life is. I'm not going to tell you their gender, their problem, anything. You find out from God what he wants to do as he knows the person that's coming. Inside out. And on many occasions I have seen God bring to freedom people with serious issues that were buried. And one of the most classic ones bears repeating. We had a lady come for prayer one night and I met her at the door and she was quite eager to tell me what she wanted prayer for. And I said, no, I don't want to know until we're finished what you want prayer for. And that might seem contrary to what we do today, but it is really handy because you're not influenced by anything other than the Holy Spirit. And there were some older ladies in the prayer group and God had spoken to them clearly that this lady had unforgiveness issues with her brother, brothers or brother. And the poor lady that came for prayer was a little bit upset that we wouldn't listen to what she wanted prayer for. Because that's not how it's done. We prayed with her regarding forgiving her brothers. The following morning, quite early, she called Margaret. And she said, guess what, guess what? Margaret said, what? She said, I slept really well last night. Margaret said, yeah, well, what's different? She said, the reason I wanted prayer was insomnia. She had insomnia because there was unforgiveness in her life. We had never got that if she had told us what she wanted prayer for. So God sees the underlying issues 
He can show our brothers and sisters how to bring us into freedom if we're vulnerable. It's a scary place to be. All the leaders in the church I went to in England had to have a spiritual scan. I went for prayer and there were a few things revealed that a minute people said, well, I have a picture of this or that. I could identify immediately what it was that God wanted to touch in my life. It was scary in a way, but it brought freedom in a lot of areas. Am I a finished work? No. But I've been helped incredibly. With that, I'm going to finish. Father, I just want to thank you that I am a child of yours. I am loved, I am cared for, and I have siblings to love and care for me as well. And Father, I thank you. Daddy, I thank you that Jesus is indeed your son. And I just thank you that he would call me a brother. I just thank you in Jesus' name.